millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Charlie Baker. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, we had some fine guests, including four-time Olympic gold medalist cyclist Laura Kenny joined us. She's yes, done a bit of acting, hasn't bit she? Of acting, bit of cycling tips. we got to move, Paul. Charlie uh, Chilcott for about the three three grand boxing gloves. Yeah, three grand Versace boxing gloves, but they're on sale. That's the good news. So if you've got a spare two and a bit grand, uh, <laughs> we'll tell you more about that and some of the other weird and wonderful sporting stuff Versace do. And the great smell of Sport art historian Caro Verbeek joined us, and her job was to recreate the 1988 uh, Dutch dressing room yeah. in smells. And one t- of the things she'd done, she'd done some like Waterloo as well. Yeah. She? Oh, yeah, she's told us uh, she was amazing. So, you'll hear from her. We had a bit of a chat about various things. You got involved. Here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Charlie. Good afternoon, Paul. Lovely to be here again. Thanks yeah. for having me back. That's a great pleasure. Enjoy Thanks yourself. for coming back. <laughs> <laughs> it's like being on a quiz show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've had a lovely, Thanks, had a Thanks, lovely Paul. day, Paul. I've had a fantastic day. <laughs> I've got me bully and me tankers. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Yes. I keep them on. Did you enjoy last night? I thought, um, I, thought it, I thought it was a good game. I thought Brentford yeah. looked great. I mean, yeah, lost. Brentford did do very well. And, and at 1-0, uh, with Brentford coming on strong, uh, I was a little bit nervous. I thought... It, it, Quite bizarre, really, that Tottenham... I kept thinking, go and get the second goal. You'll yeah. probably kill the game with the second goal. So they, they, they're on the back foot at 1-0 and then get the second goal and then proceed to attack to get a third. Yeah. There was no point. I mean, <laughs> couldn't they have done that a bit earlier? I'm sure football is not as simple a game as that, but it struck me that sitting on 1-0 against a team that had some firepower, as they proved, mm. and, and the... Um, and the goal that was ruled out for them. Look, it's a ludicrous rule. I hate the rule. There can't be a Premier League fan out there who watches their team play that hasn't been sawn off by a stupid decision like that. If he'd scored with his knee, fair enough. But he didn't. He scored with his head. So unless mm. his head's offside, uh, it's not offside. It should be the part of the body, etc., yeah. etc. We all know how we feel about it at the moment. But within the stupid laws of the game, it was offside. And I know everybody wanted Tottenham to lose. I'm sorry. But... Um, <laughs> And you prefer, everyone prefers a giant killing. I'd be the same if it wasn't my team. But within the putrid laws of the game, sadly, he was offside. Unless um, Musa Sissoko wears one clown boot, which I've not noticed. This is this is an idea, though, isn't it? I think we've discussed this before. Yeah. If footballers, if this is going to be the thing, should wear longer shoes. And perhaps have some out the back as well, you know, yeah. so they can stay on well, the that, side. That would have been the only way, really, that uh, <laughs> that uh, Ivan Tony could have been on side, yeah. really, because a big clown shoe. But uh, there we are. I don't think everyone wanted Spurs to lose. I don't think they wanted Spurs to score in five minutes and then just try and hold on to a 1 0 yeah. for, for 90 minutes, which is what they seem to do, which is so strange because they're so great going forward. Yeah. I, you watch Kane and Son. That is just a beautiful, beautiful 
forward partnership yeah. that seems to be telepathic, scoring great, exciting goals. Son's finish was fantastic. I'm all for killing a game at 2-0, as they yes. proved against yes. City and Arsenal, um, but it does always strike me that it's, it's very high risk when it's 1-0. And uh, Jose says it's nothing to do with him. They just they just naturally sit back on that and, and don't attack as much and give the ball up a lot more cheaply than they usually do. And Luca, Lucas Moore, he'll be looking forward to playing up front on Sunday v Marine. <laughs> Kept himself. Vinicius came on for a little run <laughs> yeah, out Getting no, themselves fit for Sunday Son and Kane will be on the bench Marine yeah, fans, although there won't be many of you there But the ones looking out their window from the houses in Crosby That overlooks the ground yeah. You will see Son, I mean I'm, I, I'm for sure I think he'll, he'll take it very seriously He won't take any chances, happened against Newport didn't it yeah, How yeah, often exactly, do they yeah. have to come on And get you out of jail to get you a replay So um, I would imagine they'll be, they'll be on the bench And who do you fancy in the final out of tonight's Manchester oh, derby? Oh, it's a toughie isn't it? I don't want to kind of, I don't want anybody pinning anything on the dressing room wall. <laughs> yeah, um, Oxby says. Yeah, I, the easier of the two. City owe, sorry, United owe us one and City owe us one. Effectively, City take the tournament so seriously as, as we know and are very good at it. So you know, I don't mind, John. We've done our work. <laughs> let, let battle commence, and we'll, we'll see. Well, what both, happens. both managers love it, don't it? Marino and, and Pep. They both love the League Cup. They're oh, like, yeah. that's all they want. It's like well, it's, it's their favourite trophy. Well, it's true. Apart from Swansea in recent years, it, it tends to be. Won by the sort of where well, it tends to be won by Manchester City, who do take <laughs> yeah. it really seriously every year. Pep has been great for the sponsors. He's been great for Carabao. <laughs> he really takes this yeah. tournament seriously because you know people keep saying, "Oh, well, maybe we should ditch it. It's a tournament too far." But all the time, one of the top teams uh, in the country take it seriously. Yeah. Then I think you know it's we are duty bound to do I that. I love that it's gone from the Milk Cup to the Carabao yeah. Cup. Rumbelows <laughs> really shows how the Rumbelows really Cup. Littlewoods. Yeah, little words over the years. Uh, anyway, yeah, there we are. Um, so we're going to bring you that game live on Talk Sport this evening, yeah. of course, as we did last night. A um, couple of things I want to hear from you on today. Um, first up, cha- we're going to be talking uh, changing rooms, dressing rooms, uh, because Charlie White's going to join us from the sun. He's been rounding up some of the interesting stories because in lockdown, we, we've seen, or certainly during the pandemic, we've seen that uh, teams can't change, they can't come out the same tunnels. Mm-hmm. So we have to find a different way. Of, oh, pardon me, I've whacked the mic. Gesticulating too much. We have to find a different. Text me now. I was banging on the mic. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, where were we? We have to find a, a different dressing rooms, and some clubs have struggled to find yeah. alternative accommodation. And we, we saw Neil Warnock getting very upset with Stoke, calling it a pigsty. So, um, we're going to hear like, from you. Like at school when you had to go and do. A class, oh, yeah. a class in a portal well, I remember being temporary a, classroom that seemed to have been there for forty years. I remember at junior school, if if you played in the football team, like you, uh, and there was a match that afternoon. Okay, you'd get changed first. You'd put your kit on in the class, and you'd where all the coats were on the coat rack. We'd all have to go. The boys in the football team would go behind the coat rack, put our kit on. Oh. I, was saying, I was only about ten. It was yeah. highly embarrassing. Well, then the know. rest of the class, the cho- class, chose the. Class the, would be, chose the Rest of the, the class, are, tough rest, school you went to, Paul. Rest, rest of the class are doing uh, one, one ten is ten, two tens are twenty, yeah. and we're standing there getting changed. We get fifteen minutes. That was one of the advantages being in the t- football team, getting what, fifteen minutes. What colour was your uh, school football team? Uh, uh, Hounsfield Junior School. Yeah. Uh, I think t- the other two people who went to that school, Rodney Marsh, went there uh, fleetingly, and uh, the great Johnny Haynes went to that really. school in Edmonton. Uh, we, I think we wore a kind of it was a sort of a, a sort of amberish shirt and oh, nice. blue shorts. Oh, nice. Wasn't a bad. 
Sutton Ayers a good a kit. kit. Yeah. Right, Amber yeah. sort of Sutton United sort of yeah sort of uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers sort of vibe. Raglan, the local school, where well, they were our nemesis. Oh, they, were they beat us. They beat us in cup finals. Mm. Well, I played football, but we also played rugby, and we won the under 13s schools rugby cup. Oh yeah! But in the final, we played Torquay Boys Grammar School. Oh, which was the that. posh school from up the road. Oh, we yeah. beat them. So it was like we, eating we rifles, like, was it? Yeah, and we were yeah, like, like proper like rough. Class war. Proper rough, comprehensive, and we beat beat oh. the big boys from up the road. And it was like, <laughs> yeah. proper class That's war. The, yeah, it was brilliant. Snooker ball and a sock stuff. So let's have a few changing room tales from you this afternoon. Some of the weird and wonderful places you've been asked to get changed when you've played uh, sport. Uh, let us know some of those fine examples you've, you've encountered. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Hawksby, Charlie Baker here on Talk Sport. You're telling us about some of the great uh, changing facilities you've come across oh, in the yeah, world of sport. Belters. We're going to talk about this later on because COVID has meant that uh, you can't use your usual dressing rooms, of course, at a lot of grounds. And uh, there's been some interesting uh, stories coming out of that. And, and Charlie White tells us more later. But uh, when I played for Golden Hill Boys Club in Clydebank back in the 70s, says uh, Robert, there was a covered area in the playground of the local school. That's where we changed. Uh, got cold in the winter, uh, he says. Nice covered it. Nice, beautifully done. banked outside in your pants, yeah, getting your socks be, on. You'd fancy a walnut <laughs> whip afterwards, wouldn't you? How about they put... Oh, no, what was this one? My very first game of adult cricket, aged 11, says Jonathan. We had to get changed in the groundsman's shed. Pavilion had been burnt down. Lovely. <laughs> vidly, ah, vi- the crack on Willow. Vividly. <laughs> burning in the background. Remember hanging my clothes on the handle of the lawnmower. Oh, lovely, yeah. So uh, you can send us a few more of those. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet J. Dave Ingham says, uh, played for the, uh, the away change rooms when I used to play. It was an old chicken shed mm. also I've changed in an old uh, train goods wagon happy days on a Sunday morning says they you've somebody uh, sent yeah, a picture Williston Village FC been in touch again and they've, they've sent a lovely picture of them getting changed in the old tea and coffee hut there which is an old caravan and all the whole team inside there yeah. getting changed it's a great it's picture of it, it we'll looks like it an out, al- yeah. it looks like a band album cover yeah. a couple of blokes <laughs> emerging from a teas and coffees and a sandwiches caravan Brit pop album cover it yeah. does doesn't it so anyway you can keep those coming we've got some other stuff to run past you as well some of the great changing facilities you've encountered and the tales that hang on them talksport.com text 81089 tweet TSHNJ 0871722344 now uh, good news if before Christmas you were thinking of getting uh, a friend or loved one the uh, Barocco print boxing gloves by Versace mm-hmm. uh, they were going to set you back three grand yeah I remember, the, you and, I remember you and I remember you and um, Andy talking about it yeah about, about them and, and how but we, they were a bit rich for our blood if too we were much gonna, then too yeah. much so now please they're discounted yeah they've gone down from three grand in the January sale to a mere £2,205 <laughs> but it does beg the question why did Versace make a pair of boxing gloves That's, they are exactly that they're Normal leather boxing gloves, but with lots of the kind of Versace gold, know, gold brocade. It's yeah, called, that's it. it. Yeah. That's right. It's that's the stuff. Let's speak now to um, uh, freelance fashion writer to tell us more, Jolie Chilcott. Jolie, good afternoon. Hello. Have you had a chance to check these out online? Have you seen them yet? I have seen them. Yes, you can't really miss them. They're so uh, garish. <laughs> they are. I mean, I just in what I'm just trying to think. You know, you probably I don't have the British boxing border control pass these for a fight. Mm. So a bit um, of blood on them, you know. Yeah. So I mean, why would you wander around in a pair of Versace boxing gloves just up and down the, the Arndale Centre? I mean, I can't, I can't really see. I can't see. You couldn't go and do your shopping in them, could you? 
You couldn't, no. I think it's one of those things, like all a lot of designer products, that is just a status symbol. It's you know they're going to get a lot of likes on social media. If you've got the money to burn, buy yourself a pair of Versace boxing gloves. I can't imagine they're going to be seen in the ring very much, but it's that kind of um, you know you can get a um, designer handbag with the logo slashed all over it, or you can get one from Primark. It's that kind of status symbol. Right. Okay. Well, and why do Versace design them and then make them? Because I can't imagine well, they sell very, very well, many. They're having to knock them out now, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, this, it, the thing is, if you if you're the sort of person that would spend three grand on this, uh, mm-hmm. you know, then but why what's make? Their, what's their thought behind it? I wonder. You know, okay. what's the? Is it I just that status I, thing? It is to a certain extent, but also a lot of these designer brands have gone into sporting goods. I think because the fashion isn't actually that profitable, they've st- they've started to get lower production costs with sporting goods. Other designer brands, Louis Vuitton, you can get designer branded dumbbells for £1,800. So I think it's that kind of, they they won't sell very many of them, but they're actually probably quite profitable. If you were going to be the Versace boxer, I mean, because yeah. they yeah. do a robe, they do a, a baroque robe, bathrobe, three hundred and fifty-five quid. Whole outfit, yeah. Yeah, so you could go, you could enter the ring in your bathrobe, yeah. couldn't you? And you got your Versace gloves on, and whoever was in the other corner really want to give you a good idea, no, wouldn't <laughs> really they? Really would. And I do wonder if you <laughs> team if talk done for them. If you are going to wear these as a sort of fashion accessory, and you, I mean, they're going to make you more violent. If you got a pair of boxing gloves on, all people will come to you. You'll be walking down the street, or, or sort yeah. of on wandering around Lidl in your Versace boxing gloves. I mean, yeah, you're asking for a beating. Yeah, someone's going to say, come on then, aren't they? They just will, because you're inviting it. Boxers really, really need more ways to waste than lose their money, don't they? (laughs) With with their history over the, you know... Saying that, boxing is quite a flamboyant sport. There's been some crazy designs over the years. So, you know, who knows? Maybe yeah. we'll see it in the ring one day. Yeah. They also do a dog dressing gown, 170, <laughs> 175 uh, quid. Oh. Uh, and Yeah, it's uh, hooded, belted. If you're trying to get a hood and a belt on the dog, <laughs> textured logo pattern, uh, Barocco details, 90s vintage logo. Yeah. Um, and they do it in all the sizes. You can get, you know, I can't... I'm not I, can't ima- no. I can't yeah. imagine a dog that would want... I can imagine a cat. In that, you know, cats are a bit yeah, more can, snooty, aren't they? A bit more designer, aren't they? Never try to but get dogs. a dressing gown on a cat. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah, welcome me. to this Channel Five. And if you're going on holiday sure. this year, um, the the must-have accessories from Versace are the Crete de Fleur beach rackets. They do the, you get the balls oh, thrown bat, in. Bat and ball. Hundred and eighty quid bat and ball bat for and the ball. beach. They also, Jody, they do a rubber ring. The Crete de Fleur inflate a rubber ring. Imagine that you go on, you know, you have your, your caravan holiday in Yarmouth. And uh, and then suddenly the old, the wind picks up and you see 165 quid being sort of tossed out to sea. It would be. Uh, I mean, you're literally throwing your money away with that float because there's yeah. no way that's hanging around for long. That's going to get punched in it. Someone's going to take a knife to that if they see. There's a lot of jealousy involved, which is it's not a, it's not a great thing. Jolly, you're it? you're in fashion though, you know. And, and once you've gone uh, bought a bit of something, a bit of something nice, you feel the quality difference, do you? You feel it fits you better. It you know you, yeah. you feel good when you wear it. So your rubber ring, you're walking down in your speedos, and you maybe a bit embarrassed you of are. your normal camber sands. Every two week in camber sands, with your rubber ring. Versace rubber ring, and your and your and your dressing gown on. Your dog's wearing his hoodie. Look at this mug with exactly. his six ninety nine bat and ball. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. 
exactly. The, your Primark slope just won't quite compare, will it? No. Yeah. Well, no. look, they, and they do skateboards as well. Do they do a couple of different skateboards? If you wanted the the kind of garish skateboard, if you just want the word Versace, five hundred and thirty-five quid. That'll set you back. But uh, I wonder how the, I wonder how the discounted boxing gloves are going. I'm going to keep an eye on it. Yeah. Now. Good. It's a and, story uh, to follow, isn't it? Oh, well, I'd, I'd, I'd suggest that maybe because they've been discounted, they aren't doing that well. No. But, you know, just who knows? Bit of a bit of a sticker in the shop. Near where you, I live is a place called Bista Village, which is a discount. Out, um, a, a they got designer them? outlet oh, well, centre, well, yeah, yeah. and you and you can go there. Yeah. You can, this is the sort of thing you can buy there, and you go, oh, it's a bargain. Yeah. It's seven hundred pound off. Yeah. You go, yeah, but it's four sizes too small for you, and it's the wrong colour. <laughs> you know? Andy's and talk about sporting gear. Andy's son uh, uh, Dan, he uh, he went he went down to Bista once and to the Ralph Lauren shop and bought the entire umpire's outfit <laughs> from Wimbledon because <laughs> it was lovely? on sale there. And oh, just, he could have wandered into Wimbledon and umpired yeah. a couple of games. And no one would have noticed. Good idea. It's yeah. fantastic. Anyway, uh, <laughs> right. Jody, thank you very much. We'll, we'll leave you to peruse you. the Versace website. I'll have a little browse. Thanks very much. Brilliant. There we You'll are. have to get Jody back check. on when yeah. when they go down again. She can be like the Chris Kamara of those Versace boxing gloves. Do you reckon they you might know? go yeah, down? Yeah. Like Imagine they're down like three ninety nine. How, how far would they have to go down, Paul, for you to buy them? Um, three ninety nine. I don't mean three hundred ninety nine either. I can't think in any circumstances where I would want a pair of Versace box. It's just not a good idea to walk around as a fashion in a pair of boxing gloves, isn't it? You say. I suppose you look. You look like and you, you, you took up the game though. You know, come late to it. <laughs> yeah, very late to it. The Versace get, kid get in the ring. You know, that's it. That sounds like a good idea. Uh, what else we got for you this afternoon? Uh, as a referee, says Mark, uh, I had to get changed in a shipping container and was given a torch when the light didn't work at Brightlingsea. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, it's a yeah. few old war stories coming out. Change at Brightlingsea. Brightlingsea Regent. Talkie played them in the old... Uh, oh, did in you? the FA Cup once, I think. Did you go down? Brightlingsea you... Regent. We said... Uh, so it's like one of those 50s actors, isn't it? Hello. Hello, I'm Brightlingsea <laughs> Regent. You may remember me. Yes, that's uh, the bard. Uh, what else do we have for you today? Oh, yeah. Uh, this was. Uh, this is not great, actually. It comes from a, a not particularly good place. This is the mm. uh, women's FA Cup, and um, they, it's been regarded as non-elite sport, and so can't continue at the moment. So uh, they said there'll be uh, coin tosses or the drawing of lots may have to decide the outcome of the women's FA Cup That's second no and third round. There's no way to decide a sporting contest. How is are it? they deciding what's elite and what isn't? Well, I, I don't, that's a that's a huge that's a huge question. I mean, Torquay are elite, Torquay aren't they? Are elite, you know. Yeah. Torquay v. There's uh, not a court in the Solihull land. Solihull Moors. <laughs> that's you, elite and sport. You disprove that, Paul. You <laughs> disprove right. that. There's not a court in the land. So we, um, I remember years ago Leeds in Europe. I can't remember the game. I should have looked it up, but I have a vague memory of Leeds or Big Jack playing at that sort of era, that sort of Billy Bremner era, of them a game in Europe being decided by the the uh, a coin toss. Yeah, Didn't it land on toss. its side in the mud or something like that? It wasn't less. I'd like to think it did. I think Leeds won it on the coin toss. But there's no way to decide anything. But we'd like to hear some of the weird, wonderful ways that, sporting or otherwise, that a contest that you were involved in or you witnessed was decided. Um, So uh, let us know. Me and Max did half of them um, when we were on lockdown. (laughs) We We had no sport to talk about, so we did... Dice football, chicken racing, the lot, you know. So, yeah. But this is a way of maybe... maybe. Well, this is Look, so... if the women's FA want to get in touch with us about dice football, I can offer them the rules. You can you offer know. you... So you think that would be a way to decide it's, it? Why not? Okay. Why not? Let us know as well as uh, some of your changing room stories. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Well, Hawksby and Charlie Baker here on Talk Sport. Now, you may have seen some TV ads, the good people at Purple Bricks featuring uh, Laura Kenny, four-time Olympic gold medalist, of course, cyclist, and uh, her acting debut. Lovely. Who knows? Might have given her a bit of a taste for know. more. Yeah, you never know. Might not do the, might not bother with the Olympics anymore. Yeah, that's it. Just get after Hollywood. Taking over to Vic. Who knows? <laughs> good afternoon, Laura. Hello. Did you, uh, <laughs> did you enjoy it? You did well, I thought. I mean, yeah. it, because uh, it's not an easy thing to do to keep a straight face when someone's doing that. Did you, did you enjoy the acting? Oh, I really did, yeah. You know, like that was probably the best appearance I've ever done. Like, just in terms of it just being really relaxed and really funny. Yeah. I mean, my acting skills took a bit of getting going, shall we say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you weren't a one-take one wonder take. then. How many, how many takes <laughs> no, was that? About 50. <laughs> <laughs> But it's a, it's a good thing because the Purple Bricks are trying to get everybody behind uh, the team ahead of uh, the Olympics, which of course would have been this year, but are now, uh, yeah. well, no, it would have been last year, but are now this year. But it kind of did you a favour, didn't it? The, the fact they were postponed because you had a, a, a pretty bad injury. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I would never wish this illness on anyone, but for me, like for my professional career then yeah I mean having two broken bones in the space of two and a half weeks in an Olympic year mm. is less than ideal shall we say yeah. um, and you know what the week we were supposed to go and race um, four weeks before the Olympics in Poland obviously it got cancelled but that weekend I actually went out with Katie Archibald um, who obviously does Madison as well and I said come on let's just do a change like see if I would have been okay and like I obviously I slung we did a little change on the road like I slung her in and it was fine but you don't want to be going into the Olympics thinking, well, it was fine. You know, like I, I want to be at my best. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, by having this extra time, I mean, I would have given anything like six months would have been like 
a long enough period for me, you know. Mm. Um, so, yeah, to, to be given an extra year for me professionally, then, yeah, like I, I'm, I'm kind of glad in a mm. way. We speak to a lot of footballers on this programme and, and they always say they're never fully fit. You know, even when they're playing professional football, they're never fully fit. Are, are cyclists ever fully fit, Laura? Are you ever feeling 100%? Um, yeah, once every four years, <laughs> or in this case, five years, shall we say. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, like, it's funny, um, like, when you are at your peak fitness, or what you assume is your peak fitness, because I always think this, like, so we go to the Olympics, and, like, when you win, obviously you think, that must be my best ever. Mm-hmm. But what if in a week, a week after that, you could have been even better? Like, how would you know? Because you yeah. just go away partying. Like, there is no, <laughs> like, another week racing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I would say peak. I have been at my best. Um, Rio, Rio, the last day of Rio, I would say, was probably the best I've ever, ever gone. Does cyclists ever lose their nerve? I mean, we we see people, you know, people are out on the roads and they're riding their bikes and they get knocked off their bike and it takes them a while to climb back on again. You know, they often say you've, you've yeah. got to get back on the bike. But, you know, it, 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 you broke your collarbone. That was a pretty nasty smash up. I mean, you're probably used to it, but is there ever a feeling where you think, well, I'm a mum there and I'm not sure I want to, I want to be doing this anymore? Um, it's not that I don't want to be doing it anymore. Like, um, so when I broke uh, my shoulder back in whenever it was Jan, um, and then two weeks later, I then went on to break my arm. Um, a little part of me was thinking, why are you doing this? <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you're just in pain all of the time. Mm. But I'm a, bike, I'm a bike rider, and it is true what they say, just get straight back on. I mean, the whole reason me trying to compete at Worlds, um, obviously I did go on to break my arm, but I, I got fit enough to go there because, of that very thing about getting back on. And I thought, I can't be going to an Olympic Games having the last race I'd been to, I'd broken my shoulder. Like, I would just be so nervous. Um, so for me, yeah, I just thought, right, let's just get back to it. And it is what it is. Like, I know I'm not at best fitness, but if I don't do it, I'm just going to be scared. With the lockdown and everything, of course, everyone can go out and, and, and cycle on the roads, but also the rise in things like Zwift and Peloton, a lot of people cycling in their houses. I'm assuming you you, you do that at home and you're racing just average, average people as well in your house. Do you ever go in under a pseudonym and take do, people do, do, on? Do you have a fake name, Laura? Do I, can I find you on Zwift or something somewhere? <laughs> you won't find me. <laughs> <laughs> But I am literally kid to go right now after this. I am on Zwift. It's funny because before lockdown, right, you'd have never got me on a turbo. I literally would be out in ice, snow, like you name yeah. it, I'm out because I cannot stand being cooped up for that period of time. Like my mum has been like obsessed with Peloton. Um, and I've just, just for me, I'm like, I can't do that day in, day out. Yeah. But lockdown has just like changed it for me. Um like I'm two hours at a time. I'm, I mean, I did two hours this morning. I'm about to do two hours now. Yeah. Like, I just, I, I do. Yeah, it's brought a different kind of. Describe your describe your pain cave to us. That's what they call it. Is uh, that because you're on Zwift? They, they call it a pain cave, and mine involves a fan, twenty pound off eBay. Yeah. Um, a, a, an old telly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and a, yeah. a, a towel on the floor and a and a turbo. A towel on the floor. You a, sweat that much. Ev- everybody sweats that much <laughs> on a turbo pool. It's very sweaty business, I mean, isn't it, Laura? <laughs> Mine's not that much different, um, and Jason set it up, so you know I can't talk too badly of it. But yeah, it's it's a TV, it's a laptop, so that I can watch something on the TV, and that's all of about it. To be <laughs> honest, 
Now, I, I don't live a million miles away from your old part of the world, so I'm familiar with the Laura Trot Leisure Centre in Chesney. Uh, um, yes. And uh, but they haven't updated it, have they? they I suppose it's quite a lot of mm. quite a lot of. They they do realise you've got married, don't they? Uh, I know. Yeah, but I mean, I was Laura Trot when I opened it. That's so true. I'll yeah, let, I'll let them off. You don't yeah. mind. That's true. I've seen your gold no, post box around there as well. That's, that's uh, is it still, still gold. Is oh it? yeah, I think, well, I think so. I mean, they're, they're, oh. they're, it's not had a repaint recently, no. but that's oh, that's nice. yeah. <laughs> and the big tea down the trot. Is it? Is it? Did it get? Did it get? It's, well, no, it's it's uh, it's up by. If you ever want to find it, it's up by Chesant Station. It's at the yeah, top of the how, road. How do people refer to it? You know, well, I'll, I'll see you down there. I, I don't think they. I don't. No, I don't. They just. It's, they call it the uh, the Laura <laughs> Trot Leisure Centre. They okay. give it its full title, Charlie. You don't. You don't short. You don't short. Well, I still know it as Grundy. Grundy, yeah, probably is, yeah. probably is still known it's always, as It's always going to be Grundy, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, uh, finally, um, your old uh, your old teammate, well, uh, Sir Chris Hoy, says uh, you're good for another six uh, medals. He says you're good for another two Olympics. So he's obviously not going to put the work in. But he's, he's a lot of faith in you. He's, he sees you going to Paris as well. Is that is mm. the way you see it? Um, I mean, maybe. <laughs> Like, for me, I can't imagine not racing my bike. Um, I think the hardest thing is staying in the team, to be honest, um, and getting selected for these mm. races because it's so competitive even just to get into the team, let alone go to these Olympics, you know? Um, so, like, that's the toughest part of it. I mean, in terms of wanting to, I mean, I'll get chucked off. They'll, be, they'll have to drag me out of the velodrome <laughs> before I say I'm done. I just love it. Like, I can't imagine it not being in my life. And, mm. like... Having Albie, initially I thought there is no way um, that I could be an athlete and a mum at the same time. I, I just, I couldn't even understand how people like Jessica Ennis Hill even did it. And now having done it, I'm like, you can do both. Mm. So c- can I just carry on? You know mm. what I mean? Like, could I, can I do this forever? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, just finally, uh, you, I saw a picture of your, your little lad on, on, his, on his own bike. So is it, yeah. is it kind of innate? Is it oh, in the yeah. genes? Did he have the stabilisers off bike. after the first day out? I mean, is he, is he oh. good on the bike? Stabilisers are just a no-go. We used to know that. <laughs> you, you don't have a stabilisers. No one uses those anymore. Balance bike. Yeah. No, balance bike. Um, he did take to it really fast. I mean, I think me and Jace did have a bit of pushy parent, though. We were like, pedal, pedal. <laughs> <laughs> and so he did, he did pick it up really fast. But the thing is, right, I think for us, because we go out together, all we could picture was family bike rides. And, you know, about, I don't know, maybe four weeks ago we went for our first actual family bike ride and it was so nice like I loved it so mm. as much as I joke that you know yeah we were pushy parents I'm glad that we were like come on come on I, will, uh, <laughs> I mean I don't know if Paul will agree with me but uh, as he gets older the last yeah. thing he will want to do is bike ride with his mum and dad that's all I will tell you <laughs> <laughs> enjoy it while you yeah. can yeah. while yeah. you're cool Teach him young, and then I've got more time. Yeah, and he can, he can take on the family business. Yeah, exactly. Can't Lovely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Just not that into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Laura. Thanks very much. Oh, that's all right. Thank you. Take care. Laura Kenny there. You can catch her in those uh, purple bricks ads uh, with her first acting performance. And we yeah. wish her well for the Olympics next year. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. <laughs> Yes, it's Paul Hawksby and Charlie Baker here on TalkSport. Eddie Izzard joins us in the next hour. Uh, 31 gigs, uh, 31 marathons, 31 days, he said. Doing it again, is Eddie. It's uh, amazing, really. Really is. Yes, I mean, how do you discover that you're really good at, at, at running long distances quite late in life like that? She came to it late and you just go, it's 
it's either you're it's like, ne- you've got the knees or you haven't. It's basically. like you going out for a run, say tonight. Imagine just, that. And you're like you going out for a run tonight and, and thinking, you know, I could do 26 miles. I could do it for 31 days. I did half marathon once, Paul, and I was yeah. I was a lot less fit than I even am now. Yeah. I was heavier, and I, 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 wore, I, did, I wore a top. It was midsummer. Oh, well, that's good to hear. <laughs> I wore a top that I'd been given, um, mm. and it was, uh, I was told it was a breathable fabric, you know, technical breathable fabric. Yeah. Wore it, collapsed at the end of the half marathon. Wow. Fully dehydrated, like absolutely finished on the floor. St. St. John Ambulance, what, it, the what? lot. It was, oh, no. It, it was thermal, Paul. It was a thermal top. <laughs> Who gave you a thermal why did you, top? Was it, I hadn't checked. Who gave you a, ther- what, like a thermal I, vest? I, I never know if it, is it, who it was given to me by, but I Somebody should have you checked. It's my you. own fault. It's my own fault. But I ended up in a, a St. John Ambulance oh, no. van that was an old ice cream van, Paul. They painted it, painted the windows out white. Really? Did you get yeah, a, yeah. You got a 99 out of it, though. Yeah, you? yeah 99 Fantastic. problems. Cool you down. 99 problems, but a stitch one wasn't, wasn't one. Yeah. Oh, dear. I'm sorry to hear There we are. Yeah, other, yeah. other things that have happened. People have been getting changed in all sorts of stuff. Yeah, they, we've probably. had some interesting ones coming about where people got uh, changed. Um, there was a corker here. Where's it gone? If I can find Why you find it? Mark Olver's got in touch. Oh, yeah. Comedian Mark Olver, Liverpool fan. Mm top warm-up man. I did comedy at a gentleman's evening in a football club in Portishead and the changing rooms for the comedy and for the lady dancers was in the, was in the football changing groups and the guy organised it, got some heaters for the dancers for his office. Yeah. But when he plugged them in, he realised that he'd bought in three laminators instead. <laughs> <laughs> Which you probably need in a gentleman's club. Yeah, um, very, very nice, <laughs> yes. Um, Rev in Reading says, when I was a quick kid, we used to get changed in a decrepit old mansion house in Prospect Park. I once put my foot through the rotten uh, wooden stairs. The building is now a harvester. Oh, oh fantastic. How oh, nice. Go there for your salads. Yeah, very nice. Hello, um, hello, we also H&J, asked you how yeah. games were decided. That was the other thing we got you going oh, yeah. on today because uh, the, the Women's FA Cup, because of uh, lockdown three, uh, might have to be decided by the uh, the uh, toss of a coin, which is uh, never great, or drawing lots. No. Uh, this is from, this sounds like a high quality, this is from Whaley Bridge, this is uh, Dave. He says, I was uh, playing darts in the local pub league and both me and the other player were that drunk, we couldn't finish the game. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a pint each and the one who drank his first was the winner. I said, what a great way to finish. Yeah, what a fantastic, <laughs> it was like the old school darts of the 70s, isn't it? We can't play darts anymore, we just finish this with a pint. I've always wondered what the standard of darts yeah. is in pub darts, because you know, cause you, when you watch it on telly, it's yeah. amazing, isn't it? Everyone's hitting all the 180s all the time, but the pub darts... Always looks like an excuse well, to it, just it, drink. It won't be quite as good as the final that we watched <laughs> at the weekend. I don't good think final, when we get into 120 they're averages every, or whatever. Very good yeah. final. Got a uh, problem page here. Dear Colleen in the Daily Mirror. Paul? Colleen? Yeah, dear Colleen. Okay. Colleen, um, Colleen Nolan. Uh, I, think, I don't think this bloke needed to write the letter, to be honest. It's, okay. it's, it's self-explanatory to me, I don't know. But um, yeah. I've been with my partner for over four years. Mm. And when I tell her I love her, all I get back is, well, that's good then. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, only very occasionally will she will she say it back to me, and it gets to a point every couple of months where it drives me to distraction. Also, she decided to call off our wedding. Okay, <laughs> we bought a house There's together. A few, I, I'm, I'm spotting a few <laughs> yeah, red flags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What should I do? You know, I love this yeah. girl so much, but can you advise? Yeah, yeah. get out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Colleen. Leave. Ask Charlie. And that's from M. Ertzil. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. No, it's not. No. If you're listening. No, it's certainly not. Um, what else have we got for you? Yes, um, this is from 
Uh, that's very strange, you know. In the 70s, my dad's uh, cricket team went to play a small village side just outside Cambridge. When they turned up, they asked the opposition skipper where the pavilion was. He promptly replied, you're standing on its roof. It blew down last week. Uh, so uh, there we are. Mark in Sheffield. This is a good one, this one. Proper proper men, this one, uh, Paul. Not like me and you. Hello, H&J. Happy New Year. Many years ago, I was captain of a second team, local rugby union side. We had a pool game against the so-called village side, so we fielded a few vets and youngsters in this rugby match. Turned out, it was the pit colliery rugby team. <laughs> These guys were hard as nails. We had to get changed in their pit changing rooms, wow. which were 50 foot underground. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we had to get in a steel lift to get there. It was very surreal. We got hammered 50 to six. That's Mark in Sheffield. Thank you, Mark. Wow, good stuff. Well, you can keep those coming. We're looking for the win. Wonderful places that uh, you were asked to get changed or asked the opposition to get changed. Uh, and indeed, ways to decide on a sporting event uh, or sporting or otherwise, but any competition you were involved with and it couldn't be decided on in the usual way. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TSHNJ 087172233344. Yes, very good stuff. More, yes. more coal news. Yeah, you've more got, coal news. You've got what you got there. You've got steam trains could stop running after plans for a new coal mine were blocked. Oh, okay. So, you know, the heritage steam, you've been on the. The, the opening you've been on the painting to Brixham uh, I, steam I, railway, Paul. I like a steam slash model railway. I'm quite a fan. If I go to a place, I'll, yeah. I'll often I'll often search it out. They all get their coal from the same place, because right, okay. you need a special sort of coal. They've, they've applied for a new mine for the coal. It's been turned down. Really? It might be over. I just, I just love the idea of a new mine opening in this country. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, I never thought that was going to happen again. <laughs> Back but, to uh, the 80s. Yeah. Uh, Sir Alex Ferguson's got some new neighbours. Okay. Yeah, uh, have you, I don't know if you were aware of this. Just moved in a uh, couple of doors away. It's uh, Alex Oxlade Chamberlain and his little mixed girlfriend, as the papers say, Perry Edwards. I can't, I can't imagine. I can't imagine them being Sir Alex's type. Well, I don't, I don't know. You I don't mean, know, do you? I don't, I don't, but they're lovely people. One of his great strengths was the, the way he could relate to young players. Yeah, you know, to, to well into his sort of seventies. I'm sure that's still the case. A man with grandkids. Yeah, and since the Ox has come back, he's not had great form. I don't know he's only played a couple of times, but his maybe. form hasn't been there. If it suddenly picks up now, maybe uh, Sir Alex over, Sir Alex the, over the garden fence. Work on him. Get him. Get him <laughs> over at United if, if the form yeah. picks up. The um, but the, the papers said Sir Alex, seventy nine, is known to like tunes like Frank Sinatra, Nat King Cole, and Willie Nelson. Oh, lovely. So uh, I think maybe possibly uh, Little Mix could do Always On My Mind. They could oh, do a lovely. bit of, or they could do a Lady as a Tramp. I love Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson is the subject of my favourite ever joke, Paul. Is which, it, which if you I can't told tell now, this, <laughs> I've told be you this before, I cannot tell you it. And if I told it, it would be off the air. It's a superb really? joke, though. A really, really great joke. Um, and, but what a singer Willie Nelson is. Fantastic. Fa- <laughs> <laughs> I've moved on. Nat King Cole as well. You've just gone from back to You haven't back got a joke Cole. about him, have you? <laughs> no. Fantastic. No, just gone back to more Cole there. It's a bit of a shame. Um, what else we got here? Um, let's think we can find the other ones. Yes. Uh, d- 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 when I played my junior Broys, Broys, Brigade, oh, Boys yeah. Brigade under 11s, we oh, got yeah. changed in a brick-built building with stone benches and no doors open to the elements in the coldest and highest part of Gateshead says Derek the oh, Toon only post I mean it, it, you know it, it's a way to test you isn't it that's what I think a lot of the Premier League sides and clubs that have been having to give people temporary changing rooms during the uh, during the uh, yeah. virus have, have, you know it's, it's a way of getting under the skin of the opposition it got under Borough's skin it got under exactly. Neil Warnock's skin you just have to get changed in their cars Paul 
Yeah. You've had to get changed. You've had to get changed oh, in yeah, your car. You've all got changed in the car. Yeah, of course. Open the boot at the back. They've all got big cars, haven't they? All these footballers. <laughs> Three, they four players in the mini- back of a Bentley. Big minibus. Putting all the kit It'd be, be lovely, wouldn't it? Can you yeah. see James Milner driving the bus? Yeah. <laughs> Buying a big minibus so that everyone that's can get nice changed idea. in it. What a lovely... Bring your own changing room. That's the, the Bobby Gould and the Wimbledon boys turning up at White Hart Lane for their FA Cup semi-final in yeah. a little minibus. I think Bob was behind the wheel. Was he? And the, the doorman said, he said, who are you? And, uh, doorman. But the guy on the <laughs> gate at Spurs said, who are you? He said, we're Wimbledon. And he said, yeah, I bet you are. Wouldn't have it. Wouldn't have Would, it. Wouldn't let in. No, would, uh, they, they did in the end. They, mm. uh, being, who was going to turn them down, ultimately, when you looked in the back? <laughs> yeah. or, or in, I'm sure Bobby wasn't in the best of moods. But yeah, they, uh, they, they turned up in a minibus. Would you have to have a special licence for a minibus, do you know, Paul? Is it, do you know, I, do you know, does I, it come I, on your I can't car licence or... I can't help you You're good there. to know, 81089, do you if have it, to... <laughs> what, are you looking to get one? Well, I've got, you know, options are getting more and more limited. Yeah, I'm sure they are. Well, if, honestly, if you've just done the Willie Nelson gag... <laughs> I know, good. You might have been one. out there, exactly. Get your yeah, HGV you know. licence. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Paul Hawksby, Charlie Baker here on TalkSport. Now, smell, of course, one of the great forgotten senses. I don't quite know what that means, but in the context of the conversation we're about to have, it does make sense because, you know, they, often they, you go to cinemas and they, you know, they like shake your chair up a little bit and they, they're 3D and so yeah. they're, they're working on some of your senses, but they have been at times, they've tried it, they've tried to sort of pump in smells, haven't well, they, know, to kind you, of... You smell a, a, a certain sweet or something like that it takes you back to they it are, takes yeah, you instantly somewhere doesn't it uh, evocative our next guest is an expert in this field an art historian who has worked in lots of different areas mm. and uh, was asked to uh, turn her attention to football uh, recently to recreate the Dutch dressing room uh, from the 1998 sorry 1988 Euros uh, when they beat uh, Russia uh, Dr. Caro Verbeek joins us uh, Dr. Verbeek good afternoon good afternoon Wow, are you are you a football fan? Did you c- come to this with any kind of prior knowledge of what a, a a locker room would smell like? No, actually, I had no idea. So I I went and visited a locker room mm-hmm. and had a sniff, <laughs> um, yeah, to see what it smells like. But of course, now nowadays the smell is different from in the eighties, in the nineteen eighties, mm. because of different materials. So there was real leather, and the shoes were made of real leather. The mm-hmm. ball. And there wasn't any artificial grass, but always uh, real grass. But then uh, what I did was find a nose witness. So I found one of the football players, mm. and he was willing to talk about the smells after the game that they had won. And that was Adri van Tegelen. Right. And uh, he told me about all the smells, and some of them were, well, of course, the smelly feet and the leather and the grass, Mm -hmm. but also some typical products from the 80s, like fresh-up deodorants. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you use that as well in the UK. And also a product called, a showering gel called Badadas. Yeah, Badadas was a well. That was, that is, yeah, that's all come back. Yeah, that was was a a big at that sort of time, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So so most of uh, the guys that played uh, in the team used that. And some of the uh, football players also used coconut oil in their hair. Right. And one of them was uh, Ruud Gullit. Mm, Ruud Gullit, yeah. He, he apparently used that. Uh, of course, there was the sweatiness and the dampness, the moldiness of a, uh, a dressing room. And last but not least, the smell of champagne, because they had champagne 
there. Yeah. And when you combine all those things, you get the, um, the composition that's very similar to the smell that those guys perceived after their victorious moment. Wow. So what's the, what's the science? So you've, you've, you've arrived in this, you've spoken to the, the Dutch players that were there at the time, and you've come up with the, some of the smells that you want to recreate. How do you go about recreating? This was for an exhibition, wasn't it? I take it it was a kind of a locker room thing, and then you, you sort of pumped the essence in. So how, how do you maintain that? How do you make that work and get that, get that right? Well, what you need is either essential oils, or um, artificial replicas of certain smells, and those are usually molecules in liquids. Right. So there's actually a liquid formula for uh, smelly feet or cheese, <laughs> because that's exactly the same. Mm. Um, so you have all those liquids with compounds, uh, some very abstract, um, others very, very concrete, and then you, you mix them uh, until you get a new liquid, and that you can spray, for example, in a room. This particular smell was made for a television program. Mm -hmm. And during the television program, the presenter, the host, took the scent in the streets and sprayed it in the air and asked uh, bystanders, okay, what do you think this is? Um, many people did not like it. <laughs> of course, yeah, it's a bit... But if you like football, of course, it's uh, a heavenly scent. Yeah. But there's a, there's a certain sorry there's a certain element of time travel to it isn't it it's yeah. when you do smell it you do go back there physically on and, and in your head oh absolutely yeah time and place no longer play a role when you smell something from your own past mm -hmm. something you know well and um, lots of emotions that are connected to that you relive that moment and the emotions mm -hmm. that you felt the moment you first smelled that yeah. I, I was reading, uh, Cara, about an exhibition you did involving the Battle of Waterloo, and that took me back when I was very young uh, in Madame Tussauds in, in London. There was a Battle of Trafalgar, uh, a permanent exhibition, of that, a kind of recreation of it. Yeah. And I can still smell that gunpowder smell. You used right. to go down there, and it was quite incredible, the loud explosions and the gunpowder going on. And it's, it's kind of... That was, I was reading that you'd done a similar thing with the Battle of Waterloo, and, and that, that's always lived with me, that smell. That, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. And it's true that some smells that were significant in the past can still be found today. So one of the components of the smell of the Battle of Waterloo, which was made by Birgit Seibrand, uh, was Eau de Cologne. The Eau de Cologne we know today as 4711, but which was also worn by Napoleon. Oh, wow. And in his days, this was still called Aqua Mirabilis. So that means that when people smell this composition, they both have very personal memories of their own past, their grandmothers, but at the same time can feel connected to a more distant past. It'd be nice to uh, the great smell of the dressing rooms. It would be nice to uh, to do that again. Do that in dressing this country. Room. Yeah, Dan. dressing rooms that in yeah. history. That'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's <laughs> you got to try and guess. What, what else have you recreated? What other What other times in history have you recreated? We've recreated an 18th century canal house in Amsterdam. There are a lot of canals. Mm, oh yeah, mm. that, uh, houses indoors smelled incredibly damp. And, of course, people had all kinds of strategies to fight these moldy smells. So they lit their fireplace and then threw all kinds of fragrant resins and spices in the fire. So the air would smell really sweet. 
uh, to mask those other foul smells. Yeah. And in Amsterdam, and you can still see them, there were lots of elm trees and lime blossom trees. And they were planted along the canals, again as a strategy, to fight the evil odors of the canal, which were used practically as, course, a, as yeah. a sewer. Yeah. Um, and you could still smell those, the canal and the trees, indoors. So th- this is a mix of indoor and outdoor smells. It's, it's one of my favorite compositions, mm. also made by Birgit Seibrands, uh, a senior nose, uh, incredible uh, talented perfumer. Wow. I suppose that's what perfumers and, and candle makers are trying to do, isn't it? Bring up bring up good feelings inside you or yeah, romantic yeah, yeah. feelings inside you or whatever. The, Fascinating the, stuff. Remind you of something, yeah. Well, Cara, good to talk to you. Thank, Thank you very you. much for joining us. It's, it's, uh, we, we'd like to think that we'll, we'll see more of this in the world. Yeah, as like like the great smell of the locker room. Um, so there we are, Dr. Caro Verbeek, art historian um, and uh, recreating the 1988 locker room. I've always thought whiff. you could use um, a smell as a clue in a like a Midsummer Murders or something, Paul. You know, yeah. Like, you know, but I've always thought the the smell of asparagus when you've had a wee <laughs> would be good. If you, Do you, you think know, in what uh, the murderer as a the plot, murderer as a plot et, device? Yeah, the murderer et asparagus. They knew, and he was the only one. His water was strong. His water <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You're having a late lunch. <laughs> but um, that'd be a good clue in it in Midsummer Murders. Okay, well if the writers are listening, they might they might sling that in, the great asparagus know. mystery. You never know. That's right. You know, yeah. Who do you think's the nicest? He nice... was the murderer, and I can prove it. <laughs> who do you think's the nicest smelling footballer, Paul, at the moment? The nicest uh, I've, I've smelling men- one. I've mentioned it before, but um David Platt always tells the story of swapping shirts with um Franco Brazy after the third oh. place playoff in nineteen ninety and they played sort of hundred and twenty minutes of football yeah. and they had penalties and he could still smell the Aramis on oh, Barese's shirt. Yeah, it was still just, it was just the force was still with him. It yeah, just lovely. it smelt it it smelt good. Isn't it uh, Tyson Fury, isn't it? He doesn't wash for weeks. Doesn't he before, what before, before a fight? Before a fight. That's the way to do it. Don't to clean really, your so he so really stinks. Yeah. They don't want they don't want to get in close. Yeah. Because he really, really stinks. What about the idea of Napoleon? When I mean, he punches you in the head as well. Napoleon, before going, not into, just the smell. going into battle, was dabbing a bit behind each ear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that was thrown into yeah, the mix. A bit of, bit of Lynx Africa. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. Charlie, Thanks. thank you ever so much for the last couple of days. As always, an absolute honour to be on, Paul. Uh, I think Max Rushton joins me tomorrow. He but does. you will be back with Max on Saturday, <laughs> Saturday won't morning, you? Yeah. Saturday all morning, yeah. All your favourites. All the stuff, all the autobiography wars and some football. Good. Excellent. Okay. Uh, thanks for listening. Myself and Max with you tomorrow. And Andy back, of course, on Friday. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.